Exotic Liability number 37. 37. 38. 8. <laughs> 39. 40. Bingo. Fuck yeah. Um, this episode brought to you by the Windows 7 Whopper. Seven patties of fucking madness. Who the fuck needs that? Everyone in Japan, apparently. That's ridiculous. Did you see that? Yeah. I saw did the picture. Did you see seven like the, giant patties from like the Whopper it's like a, patties. It's like a poster. Yeah. That's it's got nasty. cheese in between each one of them, doesn't it? Nothing says bulimia like a seven patty whopper. <laughs> okay, go down, right back up. We call it the uh, roller coaster whopper. But in Japan, no, I, it's the Windows 7 whopper. There's no fat people in Japan. How the fuck would they eat that whole thing? Dude, those motherfuckers. You know what? Jess said that today. We were driving, we're driving down Evans. And she's like, how come every time I'm outside driving somewhere, I see some motherfucking oriental person eating ice cream? And I'm like, dude, they can't get fat. I would too. I would eat ice cream all goddamn day long if I couldn't get fat. I'd That's be like, true. "What are you doing?" I'm eating ice cream again. Why? I can't get fat. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? Fuck. Uh, hi, dude. Hi. So, I, I, did, I, I haven't seen you in a while. Well, no, not since last weekend. I had to go back to Florida. What's uh, what's going on in old Florida? Nothing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did you get kicked out? Uh, no. We were asked to leave a little early. Really? We were actually told by the CIO to uh, to leave a little early because um, they hadn't yet told the developers that they were going to have to fix all like 161 pages of findings that we had. <laughs> that's just findings. That's not the report. That's just the findings. That's good. Um, that's cute. And I guess they weren't going to have to make them, like they were not giving up their weekend to make them fix it all. <laughs> what? Like, they're, like that? that's how they're actually really... Some of the some of the stuff was pretty pretty cool. We actually, uh, there was one uh, one of the guys found at PeopleSoft. They mm-hmm. were using PeopleSoft to um, do their ads or not not do their ads, but do their uh, their HR job yeah, posting ERP. stuff. So you could like log in, yeah. create a login, and like you know add your resume and all that crap. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and it, of course, it also kept track of, like, you could also see by changing a number in the URL, like plus one or minus one or whatever, um, other people's stuff. And, okay. and and edit it. So, like, if they did the whole paste your resume in this text box, mm-hmm. you could actually, like, go in the URL. Let's say the last digit was seven in your URL. You changed it to a six. You'd see this other guy. You, oh, really? And if you hadn't updated, if you hadn't uploaded his, his uh, Word doc resume. Yeah. And just posted it in the in the box. You could actually edit the resume, Damn. and you could see like what he applied for. Like there was one guy he had applied for like fifty six jobs, <laughs> and, and hadn't gotten any of them. <laughs> he he just kept coming back. Just he, yeah. Dude. So yeah, I mean, anyone can create a anyone can create an account, and then you know do this and nice. get socials and all kinds. Well, didn't of you stuff. say you found some Oday there? I'm not sure if it was Oday or not. I know I know it was really bad. And no one apparently <laughs> knew that it was going on. Okay. Um, the software they they used on their IBM uh, cash registers mm-hmm. apparently recorded uh, credit card numbers, like to a file or something. To a file or? on the oh, on the nice. POS. That's uh, yeah. They helpful. weren't they weren't happy about that. <laughs> Whoops. We we found it in the test My lab. Bad. We found it in the test lab, and then we're like, well, maybe it doesn't happen in in production. production. Of course it happens. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, we had to make sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> also found out that you can actually change um, copy machines, uh, those, those giant touchpads they use in places. Mm-hmm. You can actually change some some versions of the software they use on those touchpads. You can change what's on there by sending an SNMP string. Like, like, it, like it, private, it, like you can mess with the MIB or what? No, yeah, pretty much. You just you just send it as SMP command and like say you know you ch- you want to change the 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 text on a screen to say like test or mm-hmm. sorry your credit card's not valid please call this number and, and 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 give them your credit card over the phone. Yes, that's can you put my that's number not in actually there? what they Why don't do. We put the exotic liability this particular number in there? this particular customer. Which speaking do of that, which we do have a new one. Yes, um, we do finally the, the new EL number. If you want to call in, is three zero three two four two. Fifty-four, fifty-three. Um, we don't have anything on the voicemail yet, though, do we? No. Listen, if anybody left us voicemail on the other ones, um, PJ never gave us access to it because he's a fucking cunt. And PJ, hey, if you're listening, fuck you for not giving it to us. I, I don't give a shit. You can cry and whine all you want because he cried and whined last time because he said that we were too mean to him. And I haven't even begun to be fucking mean about it. Um, I, how were we meet? What did we say that was? Mean? I don't know. He uh, he called you too, dude. I didn't. Get, I didn't actually talk to him. Well, I didn't he called me I when I was actually. I got a voicemail of being like, "Dude, that wasn't cool." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Well, I didn't say shit that wasn't true." Like, guess how uncool it was for me to be in fucking Europe and have people be like, "Hey, the EL site's down," and me try and call yeah. you and you don't fucking answer. Like, you want to talk about uncool? That's some bullshit. But that's for another show. Um. <laughs> Exotic liability on Skype or 303-242-5453. Exotic liability all in word. Yep. Yep. No, no, no more of this exotic liability show craziness. Right? No. It's just it's straight just exotic up. Liability. It's the word. It's the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who that is, but Handed down. God will answer. Handed down by the hand. <laughs> I'm on a mission from God. Oh, dude, somebody somebody was doing the, uh, the client that I was at this week. Mm-hmm. Um they were doing the, like, you know, all right, Dicka versus this person. Oh, they were doing Dicka that? versus that, yeah. And uh, somebody goes, somebody's like, oh, Dicka versus Chris Nickerson. And I started laughing, <laughs> and I was like, 
delay a game. God made it snow because he didn't want to see that kind of war. <laughs> <laughs> Ditka versus Nickerson. <laughs> what was D- it like? Ditka Dick- by two. Was it Dick- I dropped the ball because I was in awe of Ditka's magic. Did you see, what was that movie? I think it was Airheads. Was yeah. it Airheads where they're like, Ditka versus uh, the lead singer of... Um, Oh, is that when they took over the radio station? Yeah, they take over the radio Aren't station. Aren't they doing a new one like that? Isn't there like some new remake? Are of they that? so desperate for movie I ideas? I seriously think so. That they're Airheads? remaking Airheads. That's sad. Because wasn't like Brendan Fraser? In yeah, that? It was Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler. He was like, I hate getting shot at because I'm a Jew. I need to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie? That was, that was the other one that he was in. The Where one he was getting shot a, at because yeah, he was I remember a Jew? he was like a Jew in school, and then people started. You know, I wanted to kill him. Oh fuck! It was like some. It was like his big famous movie that he started in. Well, it wasn't Happy Gilmore. Obviously not. I actually, I actually wanted to go to Torcon this year. I wanted to go to Torcon, but I was afraid I'd punch somebody in the face because I know that they're going. Which person in particular? Oh, There's somebody so- who decides to randomly fucking Twitter shit about jobs that they're on because oh, they're retard. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I ended up not going because <laughs> I, I've got too much travel coming up. Yeah, and, so and have in the past couple of weeks, and I needed to be home. <laughs> Speaking of which, in uh, other conferences, Gates and I are talking um, in China, right? No, Gates and I are talking oh, in, in DC. DC at the CSI Executive Summit on how to pick a good pen tester. Nice. Um, and I've got slides from all the big companies mm-hmm. showing their reports and how fucking ghetto and terrible they are. We're just getting blown uh, up. Apparently, like Skype is just Call going bad shit. Put it on. It's just a conversation. Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Gates and I are talking about that, so I'm stoked about it because we're going to actually be able to show some executives like how raped they're getting right. by big giant companies who do pen tests who really suck at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, look, this is where you get for 10 grand from a good company. Here's where you get for 50 grand from a big old shitty company where they do a tenth of the work and charge you 10 times more. Fuck yeah. Where they click scan and walk away. Click scan, get the fuck out. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So, um, I was talking about the cash register thing and the yeah. printer thing, and the printer thing was kind of neat because everything apparently gets set by this uh, by these S and M P commands on the display. Mm-hmm. So you could like push Goatsy as an image for the background. No way. You could, there, there's some pretty bad shit you could do, and of course that's you know, hot. Yeah, and, course, and I was like, they're like, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, well, uh, not use S and M P. I'm not really sure why you are in the first place. <laughs> yeah, um, like load it up and whoops. lock it. There you go. Done. And yeah. of course, well, we have to use SNMP. I'm like, well, there's SNMP version 3, which I think has a login and password and actually is encrypted, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know a lot of printers that actually support it. <laughs> I don't know anybody that actually uses it either, actually. As many times as I've seen SNMP, it's always version 1. Oh, yeah, or 2. I've never even seen version 2. I've see, only seen one. I see two all the time, but it, I mean, it's still not encrypted until you get the three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. Uh, it, it makes me think of that that job, the forensics job that we did, where the kid was at the prep school. Oh yeah, that was fun. He was, was he was me stealing rich, money. Me yeah, rich and Scott, and he was he was stealing money from that one account, and then all of a sudden the Secret Service got involved because they realized that he was stealing money from one of the Gump, senator. Like, yeah, it was a yeah, the, the kid. Senate. Well, yeah, and the senator's kids' money for their school comes out of a federal account right. where all of the senators get, like, their slush fund money. 
That was pretty funny. And then we got to go to the dude's house and like take his shit, and he was all freaking out. He was all he was, Hacks he was, or my ass, bitch. No. And that remember, his, was da- remember his dad was being a that fucking was an dick. asshole. Yeah. yeah. That just goes to show you that well, not that was only do the kids need we, to be slapped, but some of those parents need to be thrown was, out of fucking well, too. That was the kid who, like, we looked up his dad, and he was the, he was the VP of risk management oh, just at a he- bank. Like head cocksucker. Yeah. He was, no, I thought that was really funny. Like, risk risk management um, senior VP at a bank. You're like, wow. Is your son in any of your reports? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, he was doing that. He uh, was keystroke logging on people's on the teachers' computers, changing grades, like selling kids the ability to change grades. Cause he had stolen like it was like he had stolen the gym teacher's keys, used that to go in after hours. Was, was plugging a, a hardware keystroke logger in the back of computers, keystroke logging the passwords from the teachers, and then going Get back in and changing passwords. And he changed like if if he was gonna change like say John Smith, he would change the kid above John Smith and the kid below John Smith and a little address in the date book or in the uh, grade book. And the way he got caught was when he was doing that, he dropped some kid from an A to a C, and the kid knew damn well he had an A, and that's how it all that's how the whole thing started. <laughs> like we think we have a problem. Kids' grades are just changing. <laughs> that's so. Funny. And then he was like stealing from like the ski team and shit. Oh, dude, yeah, the kid was, was just like, blatantly just taking shit. And he wasn't shit. poor. No, it, they were loaded. I saw the house. Yeah. Like, kid had all sorts of cool shit he just that I don't was have. bored and fucking stealing shit. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, What else is going on? So, uh, we, we decided uh, we need to have Jason on. Uh, Jason Street wrote the book Forbidden, and there's recently been um, a whole bunch of controversy around it because... One of the people that were building the link section in the back, the star section, mm-hmm. um, and if you haven't if you haven't seen the book or heard anything about it, it's it's essentially a, a fictional story um, that has like awesome blow up car chases and fucking murder and sex and all sorts of cool you know like movie style shit. But all the attacks that are done electronically are all done with like real tools and real ways that you can hack stuff. And then the star section in the back is like a you know an addendum to this whole thing to say like here's where the tools came from and here's you know what the tools are and how they work and like how you can use these in situations you know in order to extract data or whatever else um well wesley mcgrew which i have respect for um went through and like saw some of these things because he does a lot you know he he worked as a uh, assistant professor so he was like used to looking for shit that like people just ripped off and copy and pasted off the internet. So he started digging through the star section and found like all of this shit that was blatantly plagiarized. Um, I wrote a big post about it, and uh, since then there's been kind of like uproar on both sides. And I sort of took the side of, you know, I I don't really care. It sucks. Like people shouldn't plagiarize stuff but we've all done it at some point in our life. And if you say that you haven't, I just think that you're lying. Um, but, or, you, or you don't know what plagiarism is. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but all in all, um, I, suck. I, I think it sucks. I, I think it shouldn't be out there. Um, I think they need to fix it. Uh, I, I don't think Jason had anything to do with it because he's a really honest. I mean, you'll hear him in a minute. The dude's fucking straight up moral, honest dude. Um but all these people were, you know, like kind of beating it down and, and giving him bad shit for it. And in my stance on all of this stuff before we talk to Jason is uh, I think that back 
how we talked about in the last episode, um, the old social security engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in security need to get off their fucking high horse and stop being such prima donna fucknuts and really get down to saying, all right, either one, don't buy the book and shut the fuck up, or two, write a better book and just be like, haha, my book's better. It doesn't have plagiarism shit in it. Or three, fucking fix it. Like, like write to people and go, hey, I'll fix this. But sitting there and just bitching about something that you were given without being part of the solution makes you a bigger asshole than the person who fucked up in the first place. So there. Uh, so I, I want to get Jason on to talk a little bit about that and some of the hell he's been going through on it. Um, and talk a little bit about the publishing process because I know when we had uh, Dragon on, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about how do you get a book. Now we can talk about, you know, what do you do once you get a book and they fuck it up? How you get splinters in your ass from getting screwed by <laughs> right the, the old fucking woodcock. So uh, let's <laughs> let's get Jason. Drinks. We'll need them today. Another feeling. Jason. So we we uh, we decided we were gonna call you while we were on the show, so we could talk a little bit about how fucked up your week was and let you vent and yell at people. Um, but also, just you know, since we've talked all over the place, you and I have talked at length about this stuff, and and you know, we've talked on the podcast before about how to get a book. But there's probably a side of like you know what to do when someone fucks your book up that you spent you know part of your life writing and putting out there and like how do you recover from somebody you know taking your little dreams puppy and kicking it out into the middle of the road (laughs) oh man so apparently we're that's that's, good that's good um we're we're having technical problems but not nearly the technical problems that you've been having what's what what the fuck is going on fell into a big hole broke both my legs and uh, found a nice big treasure uh, in the bottom of the hole, but the problem is I have to get out of it. And got a lot of friends that came and helped me out, and I said, "Hey, by the way, we've got something we can uh, make good out of this, but it's going to take well for me to actually appreciate it." You know, yeah. Looking down a couple years, a couple years from now, I can go, "Wow, this turned out really well." But right now, with the with the broken legs, not so much. Oh, dude, that's that sucks. So, can can you give people kind of a a, a timeline or chronology of of sort of how this has gone down, um, and, and sort of where where it's been from the uh, the kind of heartaches of writing a book to today. Yeah, um, quite simply, it started. Uh, this actually started over three years ago, um, where I got uh, an idea. Um, one of the key things about me, um, I love information security. It's like this is not a job. This is not my career choice. This is an awesome thing that I get paid to do, and I, I'm I feel very lucky and privileged that I get to do it and stuff. You know, and I get to do something that I I really enjoy. And another thing is, I suck at coding. I'm never going to make an awesome exploit that's going to benefit everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to make a cool program and stuff. You know that will you know change the way information security works. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not, and so. What am I going to be able to do that's good that can actually give back to the community, and and that's one of the things that I've always struggled with and stuff. You know, for years I've been in this for almost ten years now, and it's like one of the key things that I I've always stressed is that you have to give it back. You know, it's like once you're doing something, you've got to share that and, and do something with it. And uh, and so I started talking at different uh, places, different colleges, uh, giving presentations, security awareness classes, 
joined uh, InfraGuard and ISSA and just uh, the 2600 and the DC 405 and and these um, these locations trying to share information, trying to get their information out there. And one of the key problems was the information that that's being shared is being shared with other information security people. They already understand the problem. One of the key problems is how do you get upper management buy-in to the security process? How do you get the information that the people that make the decisions and the budget to control the purse strings will understand why there's a threat or why they need this kind of product? Right. Because it's such a reactionary process for them, but we're trying to be proactive. So, I mean, and that's where it came on, uh, this presentation I started doing uh, called um, Selling Elephant Whistles. And it's based off that joke, you know, a guy walks across the street corner and he, he sees a guy with a shoebox saying, elephant whistles, $10. And the guy goes like, $10 for this cheap plastic whistle, why would I want that? He says, well, it keeps elephants away and stuff. You know, it keeps them from stampeding. You, you won't have to ever worry about an elephant attack. He says, well, how do I know they're working? And he's like, well, do you see any elephants? <laughs> and that's what our problem is in information security. We go every year to, uh, during our budget and say, hey, we need another $100,000 uh, for this appliance. We need another half a million for this new process or to put in this new kind of technology. And they're like, well, how do we know this is going to work? And we have to go, well, so far we haven't been broken into or we've mitigated the loss. How do you actually show the, the, the return on investment to them? Right. And so I kept wondering, it's like, how do you do that? And so I, could, I came up with different ways and different actions. And then I realized um, I was driving uh, down uh, to Dallas uh, from Oklahoma City. And it was a three-hour ride. And I was thinking about it. How do I do that? What do I do to, to get that kind of involvement? And that's when it hit me. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> well, I'm not going to write a, a technical book because a CIO and a CEO, they're not going to read a technical book. They're not going to read it because that's not their job. That's not their uh, forte. They're not their experience. How do you make them get interested in it? And I was like, you know, CIOs, they like uh, Tom Clancy novels. They like Michael uh, Grisham novels. You know, they like those kind of uh, the stories. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, create a story and stuff, you know, that interests them. But it's going to be with all real world hacks. And techniques and then I'm gonna have a second book inside the same cover so it's referenced so it doesn't break the storyline mm -hmm. but it makes them interested enough that they go and learn it so they actually end up being more educated and stuff you know by the very fact of just being interested in, in the story and being captivated in the story that they want to keep learning about this and then they understand that's why he's saying I shouldn't have wireless uh, access points unencrypted that's the reason why we need this firewall that's the reason why we need to, to vet the uh, these people uh, that kind of uh, thing. That's what I wanted to get uh, done. So I started writing story. I mean, the story came out um, within three hours. I had the beginning, the middle, and the end. I knew what Bob and Leon were going to do. It's like I, I knew some of the uh, the action. Uh, I knew how it was going to end. I mean, I had the whole story. It was like watching a movie in my head uh, about how it was going to happen. Now the problem was I needed to write it. Well, I suck at writing too. It's like you know, it's the whole programming thing. You know, just I'm just not good with writing. So. Um, my uh, boss at the time, uh, Kent, or still at the time now, is uh, Kent Neighbors. And I came back uh, from uh, Dallas so excited. And I told him, it's like, dude, I got this awesome idea and this for a book, and it's going to be a great story, and this is what the story's about. And he's like, uh, yeah, whatever, Jason. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, the biggest person I had to convince more than anything else was Kent. Really? <laughs> so, oh yeah, because he could take my words and my thoughts and stuff, you know, and um, he was able to write them down. He was able to actually put them out and um, I can come up with a great story and I have some of the dialogue in my head. Some of the dialogue 
from the story is actually directly from what I was talking to him about. Uh, but the other stuff, you know, the descriptions and, and the proper uh, phrasing and the, and the paragraphing and sections and the, and the grammar, that's all him. Mm -hmm. the, the story and, and, and the concepts and stuff are mine. It's like, uh, but um, the rest of the stuff, you know, how he wrote it out and stuff, you know, that was Kent. That, that's what he brought to the table. He was able to help me formulate my ideas and get it everything put on paper the right way. And, and I really appreciated that. Uh, I mean, that really helped out. It wouldn't have been possible without getting him involved in it and getting him to do that well, part. I, I think that's an awesome point because I know that there's a lot of people out there that probably have awesome ideas for books. And it probably gets squashed because they go, I can't write fucking 200 pages. Like, I just right. can't do it. And I, I think right. that that's a really important thing for people to realize that there there are people out there whose passion is the writing part of it. So you can probably hook up with them and and really put some great stuff out there and get over your kind of fear of the you know oh shit you know I'm gonna actually have to sit down and write 200 pages. Yeah, and and I gotta give full credit to, to Kent too because of the fact that he uh, he had props because he helped. I mean, we it was an exchange. I would tell him this story and he would say, well, how about they do this? And it's like. Oh, hey, that's a good idea. I mean, it, it, he had input, too. It's yeah. like he helped with it, too. But it basically evolved over me just conversing with him and, and showing him what was in my head. Mm -hmm. It's like the second book is right now in my head, too, and we're, we're doing that process again now. It's like, um, but, the, but the whole thing is I got this whole storyline, you know, for three books. It's like a whole arc and stuff, you know. The first book was supposed to be basic introduction to hacking and information security and culture mm -hmm. because you also want them to understand uh, I don't want the executives and and not just executives but uh, the soccer moms the college students people that are not familiar with information security I want them not to understand just the, the, the technology but understand the there's a culture that's, that's there's a subculture <laughs> uh, these are the different uh, things that are involved in it and then I wanted uh, I wanted them to understand in the second book I was going to be talking about cyber warfare uh, VoIP uh, hacking uh, some of the more advanced attacks that are going on. And then the third book is on insider threat, corporate espionage, and disaster recovery and business continuity. Cool. So it's like this whole arc that covers hopefully the whole spectrum of information security. Nice. And um, so I went to, to DEF CON with this idea and, and like maybe a first chapter or two chapters of the, the fictional story. And uh, yeah, that was, that was brutal. Uh, I had a lot of good, the people that I talked to in the industry, Adam Laurie, it's like, uh, there was a couple other guys, uh, uh, Cowboy M from the Schmoo Group. It's like a lot of those guys were like, I told them about the concept, I told them about the story, and they were like, just, oh yeah, that's good, that's awesome. I mean, they really understood exactly what I was trying to do for the community, uh, and, but the publishers not so much. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, and so it took uh, a long time to get. And during that time, um, I'm not paying Kent any money for this, mm -hmm. and you know he's my boss, so I can't you know tell him like, dude, finish the book now. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, so it's like we, we stalled. It's like it's uh, it just kept trying to get one chapter done now and get another chapter, and it would fit. It was like it never finished and stuff, you know, until we got a uh, the project done, until uh, we got a, a contract signed by Singers, and then Kent was like, oh wow, this is really something we got to finish. We got to get this done, uh, and so we started working on the, uh, the the getting the fictional story finished, you know, out of my head and onto paper, and that's when we realized we had another another issue on our hands. We've been so busy concentrating on selling the fictional story and getting the fictional story done that we hadn't been working on the technical side of it. Right. So now we're in a bind, and um, we turn to Dustin. And I mean, and this is—I do not want this to be a, a, a Dustin bashing and stuff. You know, it's like I mean, the guy made some mistakes, and it's like, but I'm also. 
I made mistakes. It's like uh, I, I, I don't want. I just, I'm just don't like talking bad about people and saying, so, you know, it's like That's let fine. them That's defend themselves and, and let them explain what happened to them. He hasn't really. I mean, one of the first things I asked him last Saturday was, you know, what was he thinking? What was going on? He hasn't told me. And when he's ready to tell that story and stuff, you know, hopefully y'all put him on and give him a chance to tell his side too and sure. stuff. You know, what's going on? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, but I have to say to people who who don't know you, um, that you probably used those words like, hey, what are you thinking? Whereas I would have like had them on the ground with a gun to their head being like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? And like, I'm going to murder you. And, <laughs> and to get, to give any view into the character that I've seen of you, uh, that's, that, that's really what, what I've just, been able to see, right. Is, is that you're, you're a pretty cool dude. You know, you're, you're pretty relaxed about stuff. So I, mm. I get a little more, um, uh, uh, emotionally charged. Um, yeah. so that's called cool. <laughs> things. I, I see that too. It's like I mean, uh, and I, I would tell you, it's like I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, I feel. I mean, this has been a kick to the teeth and stuff, you know. And as much of the anger and and the disappointment that I feel about having this just out there, I still there's a part of me that feels bad for what's going on with him too and stuff, you know. Because I mean, this guy, he just totally. I mean, what's he going to do? What, I mean, I just feel bad. It's like he just totally screwed himself on this. Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, this is really, he made a horrible mistake that he's going to have to live with now for the rest of his life. And so I feel bad at that point. I mean, I, I used to do uh, physical security and I was a supplemental for a gang task force. And I mean, at the same time, you're, you're seeing a person say, you know, they're, they're a bad guy. I'm one of those guys that I still feel bad. I was like, dude, you're going to jail now. That's, I feel bad for you. It's like, I mean, you need to get straight and stuff, you know, and right. you do the right thing. Right. Uh, and that's just me. I can't help it. That's just the way I am. Like, like, and, like dog the bounty hunter. And so, uh, dog. So we turned to <laughs> Jason is dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dude, Man, I tell I you, there was one time, it's like uh, I was processing <laughs> this one guy, and uh, and we had, he had a Dillinger pistol on him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and I was, I was putting the evidence, and I, I looked at it, I was like, Dude, that's a really cool gun. I mean, I mean, you're still going to jail for it, but I mean, <laughs> he's like, that shit's mine. Thank you, but you're still getting your ass traded for cigarettes. But, uh, but I was trying to be the positive, I was trying to be the bright side of it. I mean, he, he got arrested for a really cool gun. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, so what happened? So, so uh, Dustin, you know, promised me that he'd be able to get this content out. It's like he had this whole team uh, that would work for him. And I actually asked him, I was like, dude, it's like, do you want author credit on this and stuff, you know, because, I mean, you're, you're, you're helping out with this whole second section. And once again, it was the same thing. It was my idea. I knew which stories, which ones I wanted to, to put in the, the fiction <clears throat> story to cross over to the star section and what we wanted to have in there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, dude, technical editor's fine. That's, that's cool. And that's one of them, once again, that's my fault. That was ignorance on my part in the publishing process that I didn't know how important titles were. Right. So it's like people, a lot of people are coming out and saying, hey, it's like, well, he's the technical editor. He's not an author. It's like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. It's like, uh, I mean, you're looking at a high school dropout and stuff, you know, who never went to college. I didn't understand those kind of things. Right. And I mean, I and, and also I didn't drop out of college, just drop out of school to drop out of school. It's like my dad had some medical problems and I had to support the family. So, I mean, it wasn't because I was a goofball. Right. Um, so I, I was like, I, I just was flying by the seat of my pants. So happy to get a publishing contract. So happy to actually get my story out there, get this process going, get this dialogue going with the community, and actually, I'm contributing something for the community. I'm doing something positive. It was not about getting the money. It's like I've not seen a dime of this book. It's like I don't know how much money it's going or where it's going. I don't care at that point. I've never even talked to them. It's like, when am I going to get a check? That's not my. That's not my concern. My concern was getting this story out there, getting this book published, 
getting people to start understanding what we do for a living and why it's important and why they need to take it seriously. Right. And so then I go, um, and the book comes out, and we start working on it. And I noticed there was a lot of screenshots. And I noticed that there was, a, I mean, a lot, a, like screenshots of websites. And I'm thinking, dude, websites? It's like they're going to change within a month. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, but I was like, Hey, I'm 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 trying not to rock I'm trying not to to, to, to rock the boat. It's like I, I don't like telling people, you know, if they're doing something wrong. It's like I try to I'll hint to like, hey, this is maybe not the best way to do it. But overall, I just I'm not that I'm just very passive when sometimes when it's working with people that I know, and uh, and I met him like I said from um, another thing too. And this is one of my biggest problems is I met him through a friend of somebody while I was in D.C. He had a nice business card. He works in a very prestigious place and. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy's part of the community, and he was accepted well in the community with the people that I was talking to in the circle that I was with. So I automatically trusted that I didn't verify. Right. And uh, and I'm doing a talk on social engineering, and I mean, this is like one of those times when I tell people, like, look, you know that thing where they say there's no stat, uh, patch for human stupidity? Well, it's actually, I think, there's no patch for human nature. You know, it's just human right. nature. It's like not just stupid people, people that just like the Bernie Madoff of InfoSec, you know? <laughs> It's like they, they trust a guy because, you know, he had the credentials and it's he seemed trustworthy. Uh, and, and, and you know what? I, I would uh, I would disagree with all of those people who wear the hipster T-shirt of there's no patch for stupid, you know, human stupidity. Because I can guarantee you you're not going to fucking do this again. Oh, that is And true. so you're patched. So what's up? I mean, <laughs> like, there's a patch. You just got to fuck up enough to, like, get sure. that patch installed. Like... You know, it's, I did it royally the first time. So, well, yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like pen testing, right? Like, yeah, you know, we're not going to get hacked, even though we didn't install that patch. And then, like, the pen tester comes in and pops a box, and they're like, "Fuck, we better install that patch." You know, like it, they didn't even kind of realize that the patch was around until they got popped, or or like didn't even care about it, right? Didn't see the value of it. Right. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's just that's just what happened. And uh, so last Friday. I, uh, I'm actually getting back from the DC 405 meeting and I get there, I get home and I'm about to, I mean, I wanted to call it an early night. It was a long week and I was like, you know what? I'll stay up a little bit longer, uh, check out World of Warcraft, you know, start playing a little bit <laughs> and, uh, cause yeah, I'm a gamer and I decided to just start, uh, uh, getting on the net and I, I had my uh, tweet deck up and I saw the, uh, uh, Weston McGrew's post plagiarism in the forbidden network. I'm like, Hmm, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> uh, wonder what that guy did. Fuck up. Exactly. So it's like, uh, so I read the, the story. My heart, uh, I have high blood pressure anyway. So, you know, it's like, and, and I'm real picky about, you know, heart conditions. And I was like, my wife had to give me an aspirin Friday. It's like, I didn't sleep until Saturday night. Um, it was just such a horrible, horrible, I, I've had a very bad, rough life. And this is one of the top ten worst things that have ever happened in my life. And for me to say that's in one of the top tens, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, that that was at least number seven. And I mean, I could, it was, it was horrible. And uh, luckily, Marcus J. Carey, I'd been talking to Marcus J. Carey uh, previously because already uh, we had, uh, me and Kendra planned not to use Dustin for the second book because just because of the the uh, content stuff, you know, we just weren't happy with the way that the content went, mm -hmm. uh, with the screenshots and, and, and so much of the stuff, you know, being done like that. Um, and, we, and we expected more of the, and here's another issue um, that I'm rambling a little bit now at this point, but here's one of the other issues that, that people have come up with and addressed was, why didn't people notice 
you know, that it was straight from Wikipedia. Right. My whole fictional story was 100% mine. I never even thought of plagiarism. Right. It's like, I mean, it just never occurred to me. Why would someone plagiarize how to use, um, you know, Kismet? <laughs> I don't know. Why would Mike? you plagiarize what World of Warcraft is? Right. I mean, I just never, it never occurred to me. I mean, and that was my fault. It's like, it should have occurred to me that so we should have, I mean, but I mean, it just didn't. And I mean, we can all second guess now and do hindsight and stuff, you know, that you should have checked for those kind of sort. But I just wasn't looking for that. It's like, I was looking to make sure that the content was there, that it matched. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to say in the defense of a couple of people, um, a lot of people were calling out like Johnny Long and uh, FX and Kaminsky and stuff, you know, and for reviewing the book and, and saying those quotes. They had the fictional story. Right. They weren't technical reviewers. They were just given the, 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 the story to look to see what it was like. And sure. I mean, FX uh, had some stuff on the fictional side, you know, that he actually helped us out with and said, hey, you know what, you need to make these changes. There were some other people in the industry that didn't want to put their names as for review, but they came back with some feedback on it. Sure. On the fictional side of the story, not the technical side. Yep. So, so those guys reviewed the fictional story, and that's what they were reviewing on because that was the biggest piece of the book. It may not be the biggest in pages. But it's the most important to get non-information security people to read the technical side of it. Right, right. So, so that's that was the biggest part that had to that had to be right, and uh, that I tried to get you know a good story. Um, so, I mean, for so I want to make sure I get that out there. Those guys didn't review the technical side of it. They didn't try to review it technically. They were trying to review it if it was a good story and how it went, and, and that's what they were reviewing on. Yep. No, so, that makes sense. Um, so you know, so, and, uh, so so that's just what happened, man. And I mean, I it was a rough twenty four hours, but I am telling you, I was humbled by the response that I got from the community. Uh, I would not have survived it seriously. I mean, I was a wreck, and I would not have survived it if it wasn't for uh, Marcia Carey and some of those guys like Brian Honan and and all those other people on Twitter and stuff. You know that were were taking my back and stuff, you know, and just and, and, and letting me tell the truth and get it out, out there and, and, and understanding that and supporting me with it. I mean, it was rough. That's good. I mean, you know, that's cool. So what's, what's, what's happening now? Let's talk about that. You know, that okay. now that you're, well, you're past the shitstorm for the most part, um, you know, I, I know that there's still the, you know, internet trolls who are trying to get press off of your bad experience, which they can fuck themselves anyway. I could really give a fuck less about those people. Um, you know, but what's, think, what's going on now? I think what's going on now is totally freaking awesome. This is more than I could have ever dreamed of happening. Me and Marcus was talking about in December launching a community site called dissectingthehack.com. Mm -hmm. And it, it was actually his idea. He says, like, Jason, do you, uh, do you have a, did you register dissectinghack.com? I said, no, but that's a good idea. <laughs> so, so I went and registered it uh, like a week before uh, this all happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we went to have a community site. And now with Singress, and I have to tell you, Singress stepped up to the bat with this. I mean, they could have just killed the project and killed my whole dream and stuff, you know, right then and there. But they saw the response from the community. They saw that they could make it right. And uh, they're, they're giving out every single chapter of the new star section is going to be available for free on dissectingthehack.com. That's awesome. Okay. It's and so instead of having just a book that I give out to information to uh, give out to information security people and CIOs and, and non-infosec people, 
there's now a community where there's a resource. This is now, that whole second section is an open source uh, repository of information. There's people that have been saying, it's like, well, this is a published book. This is not part of the community. <laughs> so you know what? This is the community uh, uh, now. Speaking of open source, um, one of the people that I, I've kind of gotten pissed at about in this whole thing, well, I, I should say a class of people, um, is is kind of what I had made a quick post about on McGurr's site. Um, I think that this whole thing uh, highlights a major fucking problem that we have that's been like a festering open sore um, in the information security community is that there's a ton of people out there that are in like two camps. One, the camp of, you know, like people in InfoSec are pretentious dicks that don't let you into their field. And two, <laughs> people in InfoSec are awesome and they share you all, with you all of this knowledge and, and like, you know, it's easy to get into InfoSec because they're down with sharing everything. And I think that those two stigmas are kind of manifested by the types of InfoSec people that are out there. One being the people who share and really want to give back and want to help fix things that are fucked up. And, right. and, you know, and I think that the community that you're talking about that, you know, we're trying to participate in with you and, and some other stuff is really that community of, okay, something fucked up happened. It went wrong. And instead of bitching about the free knowledge that I'm getting, I'm going to do something to help them fix it. But then there's the other group of people who are this, you know, just misogynistic fucking shithead self-edifying fucks that, that absolutely have no right being in this fucking industry because they're so busy with, you know, telling people how cool and elitist that they are that they forget that there's a community that has started and that has always been revolved around sharing information and you know, I inspiring people and, and getting people and, and coaching them, right? And going, hey, no, this is fucked up. This is how you really do do it, you know? Or, oh, you use the tool to do this. Here's how to do it manually so you don't look like a fucking script kitty, you know? And right. and, and none of this stuff, this, this whole industry wouldn't have fucking happened if it wasn't for people like that. And, and we've lost so much of that. And I think that issues like this are a highlight to how far the fucking wrong way we are right now. I totally agree, dude. It's like, I mean, one of the things that you talk about, you know, the, the, the black hats and the, and the criminal hackers, it's like, because I, I'm a hacker. It's like, I'm just, you know, there's different kinds of hackers. I tell people, you know, Thomas Edison was a hacker. Da Vinci was a hacker. You know, just someone that thinks outside the box. But the guys that are like, the hackers that are doing the, the, the criminal attacks and, 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 and destroying systems, they have a whole network of information sharing sites that they can go to. It's like, hey, how do I uh, embed this virus into this uh, uh, EXE? Or, or how do I uh, create this Trojan? Or how do I change this bot and stuff, you know, so I can have my own botnet? And there's thousands of people to share that kind of information with them. But when you get into the information security community, we're all, well, we got trust but verified. It's like, oh, well, I, I can show you this, but it's security through obscurity. And, and so we have a problem with sharing that information and communicating with each other about how important it is. And that's one of the biggest things I think that's, that stopped it. That's the reason why I joined InfraGuard and I joined ISSA, because right. I wanted to start getting people in information security to start sharing that information and start sharing with each other, just like the hackers do, just like the people that are, that are uh, on the other side of those keyboards breaking into these systems illegally. Let's try to uh, mat use some of their tools and some of their weapons against them. Right. Well, you know, so so if people want to help, if, if people want to not be pain in the ass and just give shit. I mean, if they want to do that, that's fine, but I'm not going to support them and they can suck it. 
um, if if people want to help and uh, and and actually get involved in this shit, wh- how do they help you? Uh, just go to dissectingthehack.com okay. and join up uh, as a member uh, into the group. We're, we have several forums in place. Uh, we have the uh, the Star 2.0 uh, forum, which is going to be uh, where all the Star chapters are uh, going to be placed uh, for everybody to view to view them. Uh, and also, it's going to be open to reply. So if you want to reply to something in the Star chapter that you think should have been done or should have been added or, or could add to that discussion then you will add to that there. It's like, you know, it's like we're not going to talk about people that are just trying to detract from it. But if you want to add to the uh, to that, that's great. Cool. Uh, then we have an InfoSec community uh, uh, forum posting area where you can talk to people in the, in the information security industry if you've got any questions. Uh, but most importantly, I think the biggest one we have is the No Flame Zone, where, you know, after the CIO reads the book or after the soccer mom reads the book or the college student Stripper. or the information security guy who's just getting in, <laughs> They can post a question there and say, hey, I, I'm curious about this. And they don't get a, a flaming answer. They, they get something that actually will help them. And, uh, and then we also have the exploit theater to talk about the newest exploits or things that you're working on. And then the hacking cor- uh, corner uh, for people that just have a new tool or something they want to release or something they want to talk about. So it's a little bit for everybody. Dude, you know the, and like, then the putting in work section is where oh, we're going to start uh, adding the content of uh, actually getting the Star 2.0 redone. It's like and where uh, Marcus has already uh, created a posting there and uh, where we're going to start getting the volunteers to start coming up with stuff. I mean, it, some of it right now is mainly just the support. Right. I mean, that's what we need more than right now is just the support right now until we start getting it going. Well, I, I, think, a, that, I think that some of that stuff is coming and, and I think that, you know, the, uh, some of the things that have been highlighted around this are really good, and you know I encourage people to to really try and chip in. I know you know Ryan and I are, and and anyone else you know that we're around um, has vouched to you know try and help in any way that we can. So you know if if our endorsement of it is anything, which who knows or who it means a lot, a fuck, dude, seriously. Really, it it means. I stuff. mean, guys, I was. <laughs> It, it means a lot to me. I'll tell you that right now. And it's like, I mean, not just the fact that y'all are respected in the community, but because of the fact that y'all were able to, uh, y'all stood by me and stuff, you know, and, and and people just, the key thing was just they, they didn't judge until the facts came out. And I mean, and that was such a big oh, thing. Oh, I'm a judgmental really fucking that. asshole. You can, don't worry about that. I mean, I, you know that I'll make a judgment before I even get fucking any facts. And that's just yeah. how I'm going to work. And I'm fine with full disclosure on that, you know. <laughs> Even if I'm fucking wrong, I mean, I'll say I was wrong later, but I'll make some type of fucking comment about everything. Um, So, one one second, Um, Ryan. So, you know, I was thinking when he was talking about the, like, you know, like kind of soccer moms to hacker, like soccer moms read the book. Right. I was thinking we should start maybe a program around converting strippers to hackers. We can do that. (laughs) We'll just start bringing copies of books to shotguns and... Like every time we go out of town, you bring a copy of a book, and you have to walk into a strip club and give it to a stripper. The fucking Twitter titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we can get somewhere with this. We'll get them all on forbidden. I'll be like, you want to see what's really forbidden? Now we have. To, now we have to <laughs> check this out. <laughs> hey, I bet that's not fucking plagiarized. Oh, check that, this. That, <laughs> that definitely needs a firewall. <laughs> firewall. You need more than that. You know, the old oh, fucking, the only way you're getting up in that box is a couple Trojans. That, you're going to have to have that shit layered. Yeah, those ports are open. <laughs> uh, three lines, no waiting. That's a three-porter right there. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to get into the backdoor process. Oh, we're, yeah, we're not even going to get down to that old port 79. <laughs> oh. oh. How did, how did the, guys, y'all are just wonderfully able to just, any topic, 
it goes here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we do. We we don't let people be boring because we go. You know what? At the end of the day, there could be plagiarism and people bitching about stuff. But you know, this is America, and you know everyone else who listens to us all over the world. They want to hear about you know strippers and fist fights and people. Well, I fucking think I think everybody in the world would be a lot happier. Like there would be no wars if everyone got lap dances. Absolutely right. <laughs> well. I can I can help bring it up a little bit more, dude. That guy was one of the creepiest guys at the coffee oh. bar in Brussels I've ever oh. seen in my whole life. Oh, were you were you there, Jason? Yeah, dude. You he yeah. took he took most of those pictures. Oh, nice. I was designated tourist photographer. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was he was going fucking Oriental <laughs> paparazzi on their ass. He was oh, like, you did you did not tell. I cannot believe you, Chris, that you did not tell one of the coolest stories besides the taxi cab Godfather about Brucon yet. We were actually uh, in Antwerp, and they were having a speaker's dinner, and oh, uh, uh, Security for All and uh, uh, Wim Reams uh, were uh, so nice to like walk us through the city uh, center of Antwerp, and there's this big city hall structure that looks really uh, nice, and there was a, uh, a guard in the front door and stuff, you know, but, it, but they said, oh, well, it's closed. It's like, yeah, you can't go in. We wish you could go in there because it's really beautiful. It's, like, it's very historic on the inside. And, and me and uh, Digi Ninja, uh, Robin, uh, Robin Wood, Digi Ninja. Yeah. I, I know most people by their handles. And uh, and he was like, "Oh, let me go up there." Uh, so uh, Digi Ninja goes up to the guard, and we all just bum rush the inside of the. Uh, so we're inside the city hall now. Because <laughs> oh, they're having a some kind of a parliamentary procedure, so they have to have it open to the public. <laughs> but then you're supposed to go straight into the uh, the chamber uh, for the uh, commerce meeting and stuff, you know. And so we get inside, and instead of going straight in there, we just start taking pictures. And uh, Chris and everybody's just we're just walking around, just looking at everything. And, and the the the, off, the guard upstairs was like, "Well, he made it through the first guy, so maybe they should be here." And so he doesn't want to stop us, so we're just, <laughs> finally just like take off. It was awesome. It's like it's a, that was a real, that was one of the coolest things. And and the, and poor uh, our hosts were just like at a loss, going. Uh, Dude, we're totally not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> it's it's amazing what what you're allowed to do if you just act like you're allowed to do it. You know, exactly. you can kind of do anything. <laughs> to me, that was like that was the, that was the hacker uh, tourist. You know, uh, <laughs> exactly. It was it was awesome. That's that's what we need. We need to you know forget all these like lonely planet and fucking Rick Steves like you know how to pack a granola bar and walk through the fucking city on five dollars. We need to do like a a hacking every city. And do like all the major city and do like the hacking tour of like, you know, when you're looking at somebody, just do this and play stupid American and just fucking walk in. It'll be great. No one else has ever been there before, but you will. Well, the other option is play stupid Canadian because everybody loves Canadians. So. <laughs> exactly. Like, why you should you take Warden keys in, in Paris. We can we can get Jess on the podcast about that. Yeah. <laughs> about well, the I, different I catacombs you can get into because you just learned how to pick locks that day. <laughs> Wherever I go, I war walk. I actually... Uh, I was actually uh, I actually warboated on the, the Baltimore Harbor Inner Harbor. I had my uh, little check for Wi-Fi access points on the on the little water taxi. But my favorite story is like I always try to go and look to to see what kind of access points around and what people name them in different cities. And uh, I taught a three day class uh, on IDSs for a uh, an agency in uh, D.C. It was my first time in D.C. ever. So I had uh, I kept an extra two days over so I could actually just go and do some tourist stuff. Well, tourist stuff for me is taking my uh, my little Vio computer and war walking all the way to the uh, White House uh, from starting around K Street, and I started walking down, 
And as I'm going down, I'm still seeing these signals. And I look and I'm like, whoa. I put my hand through the gate, through the fence of the White House. <laughs> and there's still access points broadcasting unencrypted. Dope. And then I also see that there's a, their uh, wireless defense system wasn't configured properly. It was doing information leakage. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm so going to Gitmo on this. <laughs> I'm shutting everything down now. <laughs> and, and so I got a picture. There's actually a picture of my website, me posing in front of the, uh, of the White House with a 2600 hoodie, uh, black sunglasses, uh, a black trench coat, and gloves on, holding up the bio in front of the White House. <laughs> nice. And it's got... You can't see the net stumbler running on it at the time, but it was it was awesome. That's and, awesome. Uh, so I get back home, and I talk to one of the guys in InfraGuard. Um, and if you don't know about InfraGuard, you should. If you're in information security, you should definitely look into InfraGuard because they're a cool organization to share information with. And I told one of the guys what I found, and it's like you know, with the whole thing of you know, please don't arrest me. I didn't do anything. I just found it, and he got me in touch with the Secret Service of Oklahoma City Secret Service. And I was like, cool. And so I explained to him what was going on. And then all of a sudden, uh, the next day, I'm on the phone with the head of security for the Secret Service of the White House. So I started off the conversation. It started real great of going, um, well, this is what I found. This is uh, these access points. And he's like, well, that's the press pool. They put those in there. They're not supposed to. But we don't want to destroy their First Amendment rights. So like, we, we let it go for a while, and then we'll take it down. What, does the fucking First I'm Amendment like, get like amended to be like, must have internet access? <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, you know, unencrypted into the White House. It's like, I mean, it was just Don't, don't they all have so. smartphones at this point? Why the fuck do they need wireless at the White House? Yeah, yeah, nah, this dude. was several years ago. This oh, okay. was several years ago. I don't ago. care. And, so then I go and, I told him, uh, and by the way, this is your defense system. It's like, I saw this and, and, and this is what you need to, uh, sir, I can't confirm or deny that you're a, uh, that, that's something that's responsible. All of a sudden the conversation turned really, really bad. And all of a sudden I started talking hypothetical, you know, it's like, I was like, well, if this was my system, this is what I would do. And I believe there's this website here with this tech, this article and stuff, you know, that talks about how you can patch this thing. So it doesn't do this. And and then I'm just like I'm just praying that I don't see a black van out in front of my house for, for like the the next week or so. You didn't. But, it, it, uh, was, it, it, it was it was a white van. Good. And uh, but now I can actually put down where I say I consulted with the uh, with the uh, with the Secret Service on the security posture of the White House. <laughs> it was it was based on that, and it wasn't really intent. It wasn't really asked for, but that's what I do on my vacations. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, all right, dude. We're gonna get going because we have a million people calling in and everything else but i want to thank you for taking time and putting up with all the technical bullshit today of us trying to get our like rigged system to work and and laser being a badass to get everything fucking working uh dude uh no problem with that and, and let me t if you don't mind me taking one more moment just to say dude i really do appreciate all the support and the help i've gotten from the community dude i mean it is it has been an eye-opener and i mean i have been so just thankful that i mean i've had the people out there that have been helping me out emailing me dming and it's just so strange it's like i i was not expecting that kind of a response i was not expecting that and i mean i was just i'm better for it and i really do thank them and uh it, it's been an awesome experience uh from this half of it uh it, i don't like how it had to happen and how it got there but like i said uh i really do uh really am thankful and i know that uh this project has to has to be good because there's a lot of people now expecting a lot more from it uh, than there were before, and and I hope to give it to them. Right on. Well, cool. Well, I'm 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 glad that we can be of any help that we are, and if there's anything else we can do, or 
you know, people uh, that are part of the Yale community, if, if ways that you guys want to help, you know, we can either hook you up or you can go to dissectingthehack.com and, and we can all kind of get together and make this into something that's positive instead of being bitchy old fucking prima donna security curmudgeons who do nothing but just rant and cry about shit not being right. Well, and that's well said. Was... Not the way I would say it, but well said nonetheless. Well, I know. I, you're just so nice, and I got to play the role of an asshole because that's what everybody expects. So fuck them. Um, <laughs> all right, dude. Well, hey, uh, I will uh, I will see you in China. I don't have my visa yet, by the way, so you're going to freak out. But whatever. They, they said that they can get it done in a day. Um, so okay. they'll, they'll have it Monday, and they'll have it back to me by Friday. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, Excalibur. Uh, I haven't even talked to him about that. It's like, uh, make sure you do a nice plug on, on ExcaliburCon. They're already looking at four to five hundred. It's going to be one of the biggest security conferences in China, and you would not believe how freaked out the Chinese are about that fact. Yes. <laughs> There's the most Western so security awesome. professionals in China. It's like, I mean, you know, everybody's always talking about how they're scared of the Chinese hackers, and oh, we're worried about what the Chinese are doing. The Chinese are terrified right now because of all these Western hackers descending on China That's right now. That's fucking great. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm already, like, scared of partying with FX and you in China. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, yeah I, can't, I can't help you in China, dude. If you I get know. fucking arrested, you're on your own. I know. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. Give some. Dude. I don't know. Get it. I just want some food. <laughs> I was just trying to find food. I want a pot sticker. Damn. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> All right, well, well, uh, th this episode was brought to you by your your eating habits. Um, so we're drinking Pepsi and eating pizza here. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little little Caesar's pizza, dude. So the one of the things I love about China, and it's not so great about Europe, is that China Pizza Hut's everywhere yeah. and uh, Diet Pepsi everywhere. So <laughs> I'm set. All right, dude. Well, if uh, if if I don't talk to you between then, I will uh, I will see you here in a couple weeks at ExcaliburCon. See you in Wushi, dude. All right, Thanks, later. Bye. Bye. All right. Fuck Dale. If you keep calling in the middle of our motherfucking calls, how am I supposed to pick up? Shit. Was that Dale all those times? Yes, it was. No, it wasn't Dale. Who else was it? Dale's on here by name. It was just an unknown number. I don't know. Dale, when Dale was calling, it showed up as unknown. Call him. We'll see if it's him calling. Because I hit him in the chat room and he said, okay, I'm holding. <laughs> oh, now you won't pick up. Mm -hmm. It only rang once, dude. I don't care. Relax. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hey, Dale. Hey, guys. Hey. So, were you the one who kept calling, or was it someone else? I called once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see. Because we had like three or four unknown, same exact calls that looked just like yours. Unless it was doing it accidentally. Ah. <laughs> see how it goes from one to accidentally more. What's up, dude? I'm cool. How you guys doing? Good. How was the uh, How was the event that you threw? It went really well. Tell me about it. I was uh, a bit nervous about it, worried that people weren't going to turn up or something. But uh, in the end, we had over over thirty people attend. Yeah, for for anyone who doesn't know, um, Dale did a, uh, a male security strip off uh, in London last week, and it was apparently well attended. I'm, I'm, I'm a male popular. security strip off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what exactly constitutes a male security strip off? I don't know. I, made I just want to become like a, a lap dancer like Chris. Yeah. yeah he was, was Pyro in London last week? Apparently. 
Oh god! So no, it was the security bloggers meetup, <laughs> and uh, same thing. It went really well. So. <laughs> good. It was good. So we had um, people sponsor the event. So all the food and drink and things are free, and nice. got T-shirts and USB pens and all that sort of business, and everyone had a good time. Root kits on all the USB pens, Hopefully. laughing at everybody who's like elite security that now has like an interpreter installed. <laughs> <laughs> There were a few comments about that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> right on. Oh, so you're giving us free USB pens? Are you sure there's nothing wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> Is there uh, are, are, are there any other events that you guys are going to be doing? Hold on. <clears throat> the next time that fucking number calls in, answer it, and I'm going to just yell at them. Right. It might not be the same person. Well, we're going to yell at them anyway. Fuck them. <laughs> We've got Dale on. He's good. Whoever else is calling now gets yelled at. <laughs> Um, so yeah, are you going to do any more of them now? Um, well, definitely try and do the same again next year. You know, at the same time as the RSA conference in the UK. Um, I have had some people ask if I want to do some more uh, other other events. So cool. I've set up a well. I bought some domain names and stuff to try and make it more official next time. But and um, the sponsors said they'd be keen to sponsor again and maybe put up some more cash to do something a bit bigger. Nice. Right on. Well, anything that we can do to help with that, please let me know because I'm all about trying to help out. And if anything, maybe we can we can find like sponsors to someday when we get sponsors when we grow up as a podcast. Um, <laughs> maybe we can, when we grow up, when we grow up, maybe we are can, not using. That's it. why I said as a podcast because yeah. we're not going to grow up. No, um, but maybe we can like like bring El out there and it'll just be a like good excuse for us. Could to you get imagine? Drunk with Dale. Could you imagine like the reaction if we started handing out El USB pins? It'd be the shit. <laughs> like, fuck you, I'm not even touching that. No. I don't even know where that's been. <laughs> like, I'll probably get something physically from holding that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Was this in a stripper last night? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. We need to start handing out scented USB key fobs. <laughs> and they come with like a, a latex glove or something. <laughs> no glove, no love. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Dale, I'm going to be out there in a few weeks, uh, and I saw your email. Um, I'll let you know exactly when, because I'm only going to be out there for a few days, I think. Lizzie's on tour. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's not too far away, so we should be able to hook up. That'd be cool. Okay, cool. Awesome. I will I will make sure. I still have to book flights. Shit. I know. Yeah. Um, as soon as that's all Yay. done, I'll let you know. Sounds good. So you're over, over here for work then, right? Yeah, I'm going to be out there. Uh, i got a client. That I have to go break into for a few days. Hopefully. <laughs> Shouldn't be too difficult. Nice. Well, right on. Um, we're gonna we're gonna actually close up this episode because I think we're now like five hours half. into it. Um but we wanted to call you because I was Because he hoping, thought he wanted to yell at you. Yeah, I was just hoping you weren't the fucking person that kept calling over and over again. Actually, and, I have to check my history now, but I'm sure it wasn't me. But don't worry, I'll own up if it was. We'll check it for you. It's cool. <laughs> um, all right, somebody's call. Oh, there they are. Get it. Can Get you it. conference call them? Hello. Hey, hey. Who's, Who's this? this? No, I walked through the valley of logs. I fear no evil. Delchi. Hey, Delchi. Have you been calling have like you eighty million us, times? You fuck. Well, I called you twice. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, Dale, fuck everybody. Oh man, it was one time. Fucking, I just hit the button nine twice. times. Cool, cool, dose. Jesus, you. I got getting fast busy. I got a fast busy the first time. Dude, you did not. We kept disconnecting you because we want to fucking talk through. to your ass. So when are you moving to Denver? Is Dale still on? 
I'm still here. Hey, dude. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Dolce. That worked really we well. Got, like, fucking conference call, Matt. This is going to be the longest episode we've ever put out. Fuck it. Yay. What's up, I guys? My, I checked my logs. I only, I only called once, so it was only... It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I could have, like, a right check on logs. <laughs> yeah, so you, your sidekick, you get all your data back? Yes, I did. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, I liked... I liked uh, Bomber's quote about that. He's like, yeah, that was uh, not good. <laughs> like, literally, he's... Yeah, that whole sidekick data outage, and that was not... And that literally, was, quote, not that's good. That's not good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't you got anything new going on? Other than uh, your fight I, against I, I, the rest I, I, of humans? A, a whole, whole new way of being horrible. Talk to me. We were having a discussion... Um, Probably because of something that I got on Twitter from you guys around the uh, around the water cooler at the office about red teaming, and you know how you always have that one person who you know thinks they know what they're talking about, but they don't, but they're trying to wedge their way in anyway. Alex, oh Jesus, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, red team stuff. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done lots of that. Yeah, you know, I did did a lot of that back in Nam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back um, in the Nam, I was in a river and I got up and I caught one. Next thing I knew, there was a Charlie's whole the BC squad dead, and I was just standing there covering blood. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks, dude. Oh, this, this one lucky individual whose name will remain what it is uh, stepped up and started talking about red team stuff. I was totally getting it wrong, and I just basically turned to her and I said, "You know, I don't really think you're on you're on line with what we're talking about here." To you, to you, a red team is that bunch of support group friends of yours that come over to your house. To eat chocolate and watch chick flicks every 28 days. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, saw shit. you send that out to the 303 list. That was fucking funny, and I'm putting it on the quotes page. And uh, I, I got the, the, the look of horror, the look of shock, and the look of, my God, you didn't really just say that, did you? <laughs> and, and, and then what happened? Uh, Your relationship was over. Broke up rapidly, and everyone ran in every direction possible. <laughs> well, Delcy, uh, I have I have a question for you that's not red team related. Um, and 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 Dale, I don't know if if it's there yet, or maybe it's playing before here. Um, have either of you heard of Black Dynamite? No. Okay. No. So, Black Dynamite is a new movie that's coming out that is in the spirit of the old like black exploitation movies. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's supposed to be just awesome. So like, if you go to the website, which is blackdynamitemovie.com, it's fucking awesome. It's the, it just the trailers of it. He's like, oh man, somebody's over here at the dojo. He's like, solid. I'm on my way. And he shows up. He's like, black dynamite ain't gonna take your shit. And just starts kicking everybody's ass. Jeez. Does it have the authentic you know seventies cop show oh. theme song? I'm just telling, like, watch it. It's probably the coolest black exploitation movie since black exploitation started. Nice. Who's, do- who's doing it? Is it like a Tarantino flick? Uh, sounds like it'd be Tarantino, doesn't it? It's not though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you kind of thing. Spike Lee. You know, it, it isn't really an authentic, you know, film of that of that genre unless you've got the authentic music and soundtrack. Oh, it's you know? trust me. I you, when you watch the trailers, you will be sold. Put it this way: here's the about. Um. When the man murders his brother, pumps heroin into local orphanages, and floods the ghetto with unadulterated malt liquor, Black Dynamite is the one hero willing to fight through the blood-soaked city streets and the hollowed halls of the honky house. (laughs) 
Holland Hall's a monkey house. I that's like that the one. shit. That's good. You know, I can already hear it now. It's oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can already hear it. I didn't realize you did the music the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, the things Delchi can do with his mouth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, on that <laughs> note, we're ending the podcast right now. Goodbye to everyone and the people. Fight the, the power. Fight the power, Dan the man. <laughs> <laughs>